R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio REA Audio. REA Audio. REA Audio. REA Audio. REA Audio. 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 People are really, really wanting that now, and and people are starting to lose that. You know, with people working at home, how does a risk team foster that in in a world that we're living in right now? That's a great question, and I think it's incredibly important. I think it's an important question. I remember when COVID first hit, and we were all sent home. I was still at Cisco at the time, and we were working on Microsoft Teams, and I had a team of oh about. Eight direct reports, and、um, we were doing everything on Teams, but nobody would turn their cameras on. <laughs> and we were about a week into it, and at first, you know, you might remember at first this was, I think, viewed as, you know, we're going to go home for a couple of weeks. This is going to pass, and then we'll all go back to the office and get back to normal, which of course we all know never happened. And so, about in the middle of week two. I got tired of talking to my team over the computer and seeing those little circles with initials in them. Right. So I turned on my camera,、mm-hmm. and I told my team, I said, beginning with our very next Teams meeting, I won't do it now. You will have your camera on.、Mm-hmm. And they were, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? We're not camera ready, so on and so forth. But I made them do it, and it didn't take them long. A couple of them actually thanked me,、mm-hmm. and they said. The the addition of the video with the the team's communication really augmented the discussion in so many ways. And you know, an important component of communication is expression,、mm-hmm. right? You know, facial expression, body language, and, and that sort of thing. So that was one of the ways early on that we tried to foster that human connection through technology was was having people actually appear、mm-hmm. on the Zoom or on the Teams or WebEx or whatever format、mm-hmm. they were using. When I joined Academy last September, Academy was already back in the corporate office, and so that that eliminated a lot of the challenges with with technology. And、um, we were doing some meetings still over Teams because the pandemic was still, you know, largely in flux. Well, I guess it's in flux today. Still is right, yeah.、Um, but as especially earlier this year, as the numbers started to improve. Um, our leaders started to encourage us to begin going back into conference rooms and sitting down together, socially distanced, and, and things of that sort when we felt comfortable. But、um, you know, 
I believe very strongly, and I, I say this a lot, that risk management's a team sport. And um, even if you're a sole practitioner, I, I have a lot of colleagues who are a department of one, mm -hmm. but we are successful risk managers when we're able to deputize and partner with other leaders and other groups in the company. And to do that, you, you have to be able to form those human connections. And you know, by that, I really mean um, an environment or an atmosphere of mutual trust and mutual respect. It really sets us up for success when we're able to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I can remember when we, we, we have a pretty large office here at Reemployability, and so we came back relatively quickly after everybody went home. And we were to a point where I would literally be on a Zoom call with the person in the office next to me. And yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Let's put our masks on and be distant, but let's let's see each other face to face. And that, that right. helped tremendously. The second part of, of that trait is empowers the team. So it fosters human connection and empowers the team. And I would imagine when we say empowers the team from a risk standpoint, you, you kind of have two sets of clients, right? You've got C-level folks that you're trying to persuade um, to you know, take certain things into account to save the company money. Uh, but you're also looking at the, the group of people, especially at Academy of Sports, that, that are on the floor, the people that are, you know, in the trenches day after day doing what they're supposed to be doing. Is there a level of empowerment that you feel like your team has to give to those folks in order to be in line with what you know is best for the company and for them? Yeah, I, that, that's an interesting question. I think I would say yes, there is. I don't know if I would categorize it as empowerment per se, when we're talking about our interactions with say store managers or distribution center managers and supervisors, but information is empowerment, I suppose. And a lot of what we do is we offer them information and training and talking points and toolbox talks and things of that sort to help guide their safety discussions, for example, with their team members. And, and so that, that would be a, a form of empowerment and, and, you know, making sure that the materials we provide to them are relevant to their business and that they are easily understood and that they are reasonable, you know, they're, they're, they fit into the business in terms of ease of execution mm -hmm. and, um, you know, recognizing that our store teams are there to sell merchandise to customers, not to conduct risk management meetings and right, things right. of that sort. So yeah. you have to have a realistic view of that. Mm -hmm. You know, my team here at the corporate office, uh, as far as empowerment, you know, I have a really good solid group of professionals in safety claims, insurance and analytics. And um, I, I have not, and I've never been a micromanager. Mm -hmm. uh, my team is empowered to make decisions and they're, they're able to share work with stakeholders in the company. I don't have to review it, first of all, you know, firsthand. Um, I kind of think that if I did, then maybe I had the wrong team or I don't need the team. But, uh, um, and, and as I've progressed through my career, I personally perform better for a manager who manages that way. And um, I think it's a sign of respect and trust for your team when, when we're able to give them those levels of authority. Obviously, there are limits and there are points where where leaders have to be involved. But um, I think the whole process works much, much better when we've got the environment of trust and mutual respect that we talked about earlier. And when people working for you or alongside you 
truly feel empowered to do their jobs and make the decisions they need to make to be successful. Jeff Stregge is the Senior Director of Risk Management at Academy Sports. We're talking about three traits that can make risk managers able to take charge and be more impactful in their businesses. Um, the last trait is always finds the silver lining. What does that trait mean to you in what you do, Jeff? I, I think it's a great trait, and I'll, I'll tell you, Todd, I am a glass half full kind of guy. I do not, I have very low tolerance for negativity. Um, I don't have a little dark cloud over my head following me around. Um, I will say sometimes that in our role, sometimes it, we're paid to worry, right? Yeah. We're, we're paid to think about what could go wrong, and if it goes wrong, what are the ramifications? Um, I, I lead our enterprise risk management strategy here at Academy, and that's what all of that's about. But I think when we talk about silver lining, even, even when we have bad news to present, there is a positive aspect, if you look for it, that always, I think, needs to be presented as well. So in other words, if, if we're gonna reach out to distribution center leader and talk about, let's say, safety performance that maybe has lagged a little bit and there are opportunities to improve, there are also things that, that I, I guarantee it, you can always find things they're doing well. Mm -hmm. And they need to hear that from us as well. And I think that goes back to supporting when we talked about human connection, mm -hmm. trust and mutual respect, um, you know, making sure that that the good things that we're doing are not overshadowed in the face of bad news. Now, in in, in the event of a catastrophe, obviously that takes center stage. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, you have a facility damaged by a tornado, just for example. But thankfully, nobody was injured. There's mm -hmm. your silver lining. Okay, mm -hmm. we can deal with the building. Nobody was injured. Mm -hmm. um, Somebody was injured, and oh well. Thankfully, we have we have a, a support fund. I'm just you know throwing out examples, mm -hmm. but um, I think when we approach life in general, not to get overly philosophical, but right. when we approach life in general and our work with an attitude of positivity and looking for the good in people and looking for the good in circumstances, and we share those. I think people receive the bad news in a different way. Yeah, yeah. It's very easy to get jaded in this business. Uh, yes. I, you know, especially with what we do, we deal with injured workers all the time at reemployability, and the vast majority of those injured workers are uh, compliant and want nothing more than to get back to work. Um, yep. But it's those bad apples that seem to bubble up to the top, and those are the ones that stick in our memories most. And what we do here is is we try to use story as a way to uh, keep that silver lining. Um, in all of our sales meetings and all of our company meetings, we always try to find really positive success stories uh, of injured workers that have truly benefited uh, in the right way from this program, who've gotten back to work quicker and have thoroughly enjoyed their experience at a nonprofit, uh, and it has really made their life better. And, and it's amazing how when you hear those stories, it kind of kind of takes that tension off your shoulders and you kind of go, ah, see, we are doing the right thing. And, and so we find that that's, that's, that's very helpful to be able to find those successes. And I'm sure anywhere anybody is right now, there's success stories with what you're doing on a daily basis that will absolutely help your teams um, keep that silver lining and, and, and to stay positive. Oh, amen. I can yeah. agree more. Yeah. So, Jeff, as we conclude uh, our, our second part of our series here, I'm just kind of interested. So in these past 18 months, can you 
think in your mind there like one big lesson that you learned that you never thought you would learn in in what you're doing is there anything that comes to mind like ah, <laughs> if i'd only known this 18 months ago wow I, I, there are, I think there are a lot of lessons yeah. to be learned out of COVID, and I think we're still, we're still learning them. I think the first thing that came to mind. So this is what I'll talk about, although others have come to mind since. But sure. the first thing that came to mind as you're asking your question, Todd, was resiliency. And I learned individually that um, I'm a much more resilient person. I, I, maybe I'd never really thought about it before, but. Uh, Having to shift from, for me and for many others, working in an office, which I enjoy. I enjoy the camaraderie of the office and the fellowship of the office to working from home. I, I thought prior to COVID, I always said, I, I could never have a job where I work from home. I'd be distracted. I'd look outside and see the yard needs to be mowed. I'd be doing this or that. And for, having been forced to do it, like we all were for a while. Yeah. I was quite surprised at how successful I was able to be working from home. And I realized I can't work from home. I can work from anywhere. Yeah. Even though I prefer to be in the office, mm -hmm. um, I can do that. And and I think the lesson is that um, we, we, we human beings are resilient and we just have to trust ourselves and we have to lean on each other to, for support when we need it. But, um, I think that's, I think that's what I would answer. That's how I would answer your question: is um, the gift of resiliency mm -hmm. and and being able to kind of look back over the last eighteen months and say, you know, crazy, crazy times. But at least for me personally, I'm in a pretty good place. Yep, yep. And that's keeping that silver lining too, right, Jeff? Right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. I really enjoyed when you joined us on our webinar last year, and this has been a, a fantastic series. I hope you come back and join us again, uh, hopefully in less than 18 months, and we can <laughs> see how, how things are moving along. Jeff Stregge, Senior Director of Risk Management at Academy Sports and Outdoors. Thanks for being on REA Audio with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Jeff, have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks for listening in this week on REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content, including webinars at listentorea.com. Next week, we have some fun with Reemployability's Director of HR, Crystal Hundley, who's going to give us some insight on the current struggles companies are facing with hiring, working from home, and more. Yes, HR and fun all in the same sentence. You'll see why. Have an awesome week.